Hi, I'm Liz Solar. Welcome to Embark. Today, we're going to talk about sleep, or lack thereof. Many of us have coaches, executive coaches, performance coaches, health coaches. Today, we're talking to a sleep coach, or better yet, a sleep wellness expert. Kelly Patrick helps stressed out busy professionals learn to sleep better and improve their energy. Kelly is also a therapeutic yoga and meditation teacher and public speaker. Learn more about Kelly, that's K A L I, and her practice, A Journey into Health, at KellySleepCoach.com. So, for most of us these days, sleep would be nice for a change. Let's find out how Callie does what she does, that is to help us sleep a little better, and maybe walk away with a strategy for a good night's sleep on Embark. Welcome, Callie. Thanks for being here today. Well, thank you, Liz. I'm so happy to be here. So from what I understand, you weren't always as well-rested as you sound today. Tell us a little bit about how you got here. Sure. So I actually had been working in the field of high tech for about 20 years. I was uh, went to school for computer science and technical writing, did my master's in human factors and information design, which not a lot of people will probably know about, but I essentially designed software that hopefully was easy to use. <laughs> and um, I, I, you know, moved up the corporate ladder. I was managing a, a small group at a, at a local company here in the Boston area. And I started to suffer from burnout. Obviously, I didn't know what that was at the time. We didn't have a, a clinical diagnosis of it then, but I had trouble sleeping. I was filled with stress and anxiety, and I was using food as a way to deal with everything. And it just reached a breaking point. And in around 2012, I took a leave from my job and I started focusing on some natural ways to help myself. I'd always been interested in, in health and wellness and well-being and been a pretty fit, you know, active person and, and doing yoga and, and trying meditation to deal with some of those stressors. And eventually I discovered what worked for me. And what I learned actually caused me to dismantle the entire life I'd built and start over. And so I now focus on guiding people out of their own stress, sleep, and wellness crises. Many life changes there, Callie, and something that most of us can identify with during these days of recession and a lively political season and a pandemic. How has the nature of what you do changed during COVID-19, or, or has it? It actually hasn't changed very much. I am fortunate in that I always envisioned a business model where I coached virtually so that I love to travel actually. So my idea was that I would love to be able to, to coach and work with people and help people wherever I was and wherever they were. So doing coaching through Zoom for many, many years, none of that was new for me. I think in terms of clients, though, what I'm seeing is that people who have had issues with stress, anxiety, and sleep fall into one or two categories here with COVID. They either have a lot of their issues, their stressors have gone away because now they have more flexibility in their time. They can work from home. You know, um, you know, if they're financially in a position that they can take a break, you know, it's eased off a lot of those things that were potentially creating um, these health issues. Uh, uh, although in the second camp, there are the folks who, you know, may have been 
on the brink of burnout already. And now things have intensified. And, you know, now we have worries about our jobs and the world and our health. And so um, those people have found themselves in a in a more heightened state of stress and anxiety and are potentially sleeping even worse than they had been before. I actually heard from a, a gentleman the other day who said he, he was not sleeping at all one night and then getting like three hours the next night and he was feeling pretty desperate. So I think a lot of people have struggled before and a lot more people are struggling now. By definition, all of this stuff is the stuff that keeps you up at night. So how do you deal with this profound anxiety that's happening right now? You know, the same techniques I think that I used to help people when we didn't have all these big issues are still applicable. We talk about things like how do we, um, how do we react? How do we respond to these stressors? How do we break things down into, okay, what's just the next thing that I have to do versus trying to boil the ocean? Which is challenging because we want to do it all and we want to do it now. A lot of the concepts that I have been able to work with, you know, a busy executive or, or director level kind of person, for example, in a tech field, um, you know, five years ago still apply. It's just a different it's just a different topic. A lot of what I do is actually helping people set good boundaries and set good boundaries around their self-care. We cannot be high-functioning people who are going to deal with some of these uh, problems in the world if we are not well-rested, if we have not put our, you know, our oxygen mask on ourselves first. <laughs> and there's also this perception among us that self-care is just being selfish. And that's not just, you know, how we see self-care in, in the news. It's like, oh, I'm going to get a pedicure or something like that, right? This is, this is more... Um, functional self-care, saying, I'm going to turn off my laptop and spend enough of my hours in bed. You know, even before Zoom fatigue became a thing, we probably spent way too much time on our electronics, and that time is probably only increasing. How much are screens a culprit? Well, even before before the Zoom fatigue, right, uh, what a lot of people don't realize is that the reason people, experts recommend to not use your screens a couple hours before bedtime is because the blue light, any light in general, but especially the blue light is going to turn down your brain's ability to make the melatonin. Then we see people supplementing with melatonin, which usually when I explain that, they go, oh, <laughs> that's, that is kind of silly, right? That I'm, I'm doing an activity that is preventing my own body from making this, this hormone that's going to help me sleep. And then I'm ingesting something to replace it, right? So it's, you know, why are we still on the computers at that point? And a lot of times it's either the inability to focus on what really needs to get done during the day. And so people are working later than they need to. Um, in some cases, it's meeting overload. I was just reading on LinkedIn about this. Um, a lot of people, including myself, when I worked in, in tech, had you know days of just back-to-back -back meetings with no uninterrupted time to actually get work done. So I think some of that is really just intensifying with the fact that now it's online. And it's really my hope that um, people start to push back on that, right? And say, no, I, I can't have a meeting from 12 to 1. I need to actually step away from my computer, have a real nourishing lunch, go for a walk, 
replenish my energy. Between family, career, household, caregiving, and maybe some recreation, many of us can't find the time to sleep. Any words of wisdom? Right. Well, what I'd say is, I mean, and people have to be ready to hear this, right? But if, if, if they're not prioritizing their sleep, all of those things, right, the family, the career, the household, the hobbies, these things that are feeling overwhelming, right, if they're not prioritizing their sleep, they're making all of these things at least 50% more difficult. You need to have the energy. You need to have the sense of grounding. You need to feel that. A lot of people that work with me want to feel that sense of inner calm, right? That peaceful, like, okay, stuff is happening, but I can respond in a really uh, compassionate way. I can be patient with, you know, the people I might be sharing space with (laughs) who are getting on my nerves, right? You know, if, if people are not sleeping, not giving themselves enough hours, not sleeping well and pushing through, they're inevitably, inevitably going to hit a wall and be stopped by a health crisis. And that's not going to help anybody or anything. So sleeping well is really the number one way to help yourself get through those stressors. And it's going to make all those things much easier. So the person who's, who says they don't have time to sleep is actually making their lives a lot harder than they need to be. Our bodies are pretty intelligent, probably more than what we give them credit for. And they will let us know when they've had enough. Exactly. And the more that, you know, and, and part of what happened to me as well is the more that you push, you push through that, right? You power through with, you know, the caffeine or the energy drinks or the sugar, um, you know, at three o'clock, those sorts of things, you know, the more that, you know, the body is just going to say, okay, you're not listening to me. I need to turn up the volume. Speaking of which, there's this time of day, mid-afternoon, maybe three o'clock. We like to call it milk and cookie time, uh, where we need that extra jolt of caffeine or something sweet to maintain our energy. Can you name some good um, and less fattening alternatives? That time of day is really is really wonderful, I think. And, and I often talk about this. A lot of people who are not sleeping at night, they wake up at 3 a.m. They might look at the clock and go, oh, how am I going to get through the day? Right. I, I, every time I give a, a talk, a webinar, so, you know, people laugh about that, right? But what I ask them is at 3 p.m., it's a wonderful time to also just kind of take stock of your day and say, how is what I'm doing in my day at here at 3 p.m. going to affect my ability to sleep at night and just kind of flip it on its head? These substitutes, right, these um, these energy substitutes, whether it's caffeine or sugar as a pick me up, it's really I think um, it's a craving for self-care, for nourishment, you know, going for a walk. Um, laying down for 15 minutes and closing one's eyes, right? Doing a little yoga or meditation practice, something that is nourishing and replenishing of the energy that one has used up until that point during the day. And certainly there are different food choices that can be made, but I think, you know, we, we tend to gravitate toward those things that are quick fixes. And when we're tired, we're actually more attracted to those what they call hyper palatable foods like high in sugar, high in fat, because they work super quick. So it takes a little bit of, of retraining. The other thing I would suggest is that even before that three, three o'clock crash, you know, where have the breaks been before that? Right? If someone is up at six and they're going, 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 then at three o'clock the body's just hitting that wall. 
And so we actually have these natural ebbs and flows of energy throughout the whole day. And so, you know, part of what I do is help people to like tune into that and really ride those waves. It's like, okay, I have a burst of energy, you know, for an hour and a half. And then, okay, now I feel a little low. What do I do to support that? Those ebbs and flows of energy are natural parts of being a human being. And we're human doings programmed not to stop what we're doing in the middle of the day to get up and take a run around the block or do 10 minutes of stretching or meditation, take a walk out in the garden, um, maybe even call a friend. That just feels like heresy. Well, you've hit on several great points here. So when I worked in, in tech, I was in meetings from literally eight to five. And I remember someone Uh, I had been going to a a massage therapist and he said, oh, you know, stretch every hour for 10 minutes. And I was so angry that he even suggested that because I was thinking, I don't have time to go to the bathroom. So that has really informed me and what I do as a coach, right? So when I work with somebody one-on-one, I really get to know what is their work life like? What is their home life like? This is, you know, I'll, I'll use the word holistic, right? This is looking at their entire, like what's going on for this person, right? So that when I make recommendations, generally speaking to start, these are two minutes, these are five minutes, maximum maybe 15 minutes of doing something, right? To help calm the nervous system. Um, because I work with people who are stressed out and anxious, you know, especially, you know, the when I give meditations and things like that, they are more active, but they are all also designed to be somewhat impossible to do while worrying about anything else. <laughs> so um, I call it meditations for anxious minds, right? So it's not about them sitting still and trying to stop their thoughts because we just know that doesn't work. So, you know, staying small and working in the context of, of their life already, if I can help them do the five minutes, usually what happens is they go, oh, wow, I feel better. Then usually that that kind of starts a, a snowball effect where it's like, oh, well, yes, I can do this, maybe not for a longer period of time, but I can do this twice a day instead of once a day. And, and then we build from there. And, you know, in terms of how long it takes someone to, to you know, build that pattern and build that habit, it, it, very, it varies widely. So I work with people generally for about 12 weeks, and a lot of them will continue on just to, to solidify those habits and to deal with, you know, new, new things that come up that kind of want to throw them off their, their path. Um, and, and some people really take to it quickly, and other people, you know, they recognize that, you know, hey, I've been training myself to ignore the signals from my body for so many years that, you know, 12 weeks is a drop in the bucket. So we, you know, it, it, it really depends. Callie, these are some excellent suggestions and insights into something that seems so basic to have sleep in our life. It just feels so fundamental to who we are as people. And somehow um, having someone training us to do it seems counterintuitive. But aside from the bigger arc of getting good sleep, of resting and self-care, what are the little fixes that we might overlook in our environment or the small habits that we can cultivate to help us rest well? Well, I mean, you you have asked me about environment a little bit. Um, you know, there are sleep coaches who will do things like look at the bedroom, right? Look at the temperature, um, you know, talk about what we're doing to support that before bed time and really try to make sure that we're getting the, the best amount of sleep there. 
the people that I work with have generally done all the, all the things, right? They do, they might do a little of, you know, the sleep hygiene during the day. They might uh, have a bedtime unwind routine. Their bedroom's the perfect temperature. They have the nice sheets, right? They don't have any um, issues with sleeping partners or um, certainly, you know, no medical conditions like sleep apnea um, that, that we'd want to rule out. And, you know, in that case, it's usually beyond a quick fix, right? It's usually something that's more systemic, that's deeper to to how they're living their life. And it can be more than one issue. So we we work together and we kind of pull that apart and we dissect it and we address, you know, this the small issue. Okay, so for example, client that I was working with, she's waking up at, you know, the the famous two, three o'clock in the morning. So okay, so how do we get her to fall back to sleep easily when she does wake up, when her mind starts getting busy. So we address that with some tools and we try some different things and and see what works for her. Then we ask the question, well, why are you waking up at that time to begin with? So then not only does she have tools to help herself get back to sleep when she does wake up, but then we start to work backwards and dig out from, well, why am I waking up predictably at that time anyway? Well, I'm working till 11 o'clock right? <laughs> and, and, you know, and things like that. So, um, you know, people look to me for a lot of quick tips and quick fixes. And, you know, the thing I tell them is months later, years later, you're still going to be looking for those because really, if you're serious about solving the problem, then there is no quick fix. You have to really go into your life and what you're doing and what's contributing to your ability to rest and relax and what's not. You know, the quickest way out is through. Absolutely. That is so true. And we are people, we don't want to wait. We want to get it done now. By the time you're speaking to someone with some real sleep issues, they have gone down the rabbit hole of trying every type of pill and supplement. And truly, the answer is not in a tablet or capsule. Well, I think there's there's an important distinction there, right? For a lot of these, um, you know, specifically the pills or the supplements or the or the um, tinctures, you know, these are in in many ways designed to help somebody get through a particular. Uh, a stressful event or um, an acute sleepless string, string of nights, they're generally not intended and they're generally not effective for months and years of use. And in fact, you know, there's a lot of talk for, um, for drugs in particular, how your body gets addicted, it gets habituated, right? And so, you know, when I work with people, these are people who often don't want to be so reliant on these, on these tools. When I studied uh, yoga therapy, we had to do a lot of case studies about different drugs. And what was interesting, if you look up side effects for some of the sleep medications, the side effects are actually anxiety and insomnia. <laughs> so, you you know, you might, you could be taking a medication. And again, I'm not a doctor. I mean, this is, you know, but, you know, if you are taking something you know, look up what the side effects are, because sometimes they're the very thing that you're trying to solve. You know, then you start taking a medication for that side effect. And before you know it, you know, you have a, a list of medications a mile long and then it's, then it's much harder to dig out. So, you know, obviously I would love to work with people who are, are more into preventative, right? Oh, I'm, I'm noticing with COVID, for example, that, oh, I'm starting to have a problem 
with sleep. I've, I've not been able to get sleep for a couple months now. Maybe I should look for help. And whether that's me or, you know, somebody else, you know, it doesn't matter. But if people can nip those problems in the bud, it's so much better than, you know, going through these quick fixes. And then again, years later, having the same problems. And then it's a lot harder to retrain yourself and dig out from that. So a few takeaways, consistent self-care, maybe checking in during the day, see how your anxiety is and find ways to relax. Maybe that walk around the block or a little stretch during the afternoon and thinking about how what you consume during the day may affect the sleep you get at night. If you're tossing and turning at night, Callie offers a free download, three lifestyle habits wrecking your sleep. Get them at CallieSleepCoach.com. Callie, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. You too. And thank you for listening to Embark.